What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, are Robert D. Felice. Uh, we are projecting the future today, children. Projecting the future? We got one of those old-timey projectors used to have in, like, school. Uh, set up the no. little... Uh... <laughs> well, yes, and we're also going to be projecting who the Undertaker will be facing. Because <laughs> yeah. he he's not done yet. I'm, I'm convinced. Somebody else who is convinced, as, at least as far as a couple days ago, maybe not necessarily today, but is uh, Callum Wiggins. Go grab, go grab Teddy Long, because we're going one-on-one with The Undertaker. Yeah. First split second, I thought you were going to switch it up and go, we're going on one with a tag team match player. <laughs> well, well, maybe Undertaker last match will be a tag team match player. Uh-huh. It might be. I mean, it almost was that uh, classic of Undertaker and Kane versus Shawn Michaels and Triple H. It was almost uh, the classic of Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Imagine if that would have been the case. Right now, as it stands, Undertaker's last match officially is the Boneyard match against AJ Styles. And if we are going by what happened at Survivor Series a couple days ago, then that means he is done. He had his quote-unquote final farewell. They are very much treating this as see you later, Undertaker. I mean, just shy of having uh, people from South Park go, <laughs> kind of thing. So at least as far as what WWE is putting out there, and what Undertaker is putting out there, I mean, they had the Last Ride documentary, he's talked about this before, seems like he's done, retired, kaput, finished, over, whatever you want to refer to it as. But, it's pro wrestling. Every single person who has ever retired, outside of the ones that literally cannot do anything anymore, at some point has come back in some fashion. Edge, done. Not a chance that he would wrestle again. And now he's wrestling again, thank God. Daniel Bryan, out of it. Completely medically uh, disqualified. Thankfully, he's back in action. Terry Funk has retired about (laughs) 160 times by now. He's retired more times than some people have had matches. So that's kind of crazy. Jerry Lawler has been wrestling for decade after decade after decade. 50 years? He hit wow. 50 years this year. That's, I mean, credit to him. That's insane and awesome. Bret Hart, totally retired. Came back, won the United States Championship. <laughs> you know, it's Shawn Michaels even. He said he would never wrestle again because he didn't want to undo what he had done with The Undertaker at WrestleMania 26. Wrestled them at your crown jewel. I never had him. Uh, you know, if it wouldn't have, if uh, Brock Lesnar would have lost that WrestleMania match, <laughs> then things would have turned out differently. But every single person, it seems, whether you're Ric Flair or you're lower on the totem pole and you're wrestling on the indies, whatever it is, Jazz, most recently, she just retired and she's back at uh, Impact, right? Yeah, she's doing a, I believe this is her retirement tour. I don't think she's fully retired yet, but she is going to do some stuff with Impact. So retirement means nothing in the world of pro wrestling as far as like definitive retirement. Plenty of people, of course, have definitively retired. I mean, we haven't seen Stone Cold wrestle a match since his retirement match. And I guess you can treat it as if that's a guarantee happening for this until it happens in the opposite side of things. But 
you know, we're, we're speculative people here. We like to play around with ideas. So one of the ideas that we have is the thing that we're going to be doing for this episode, which is one more match inspired by Christian, which is amazing. I love that whole, I just want one more match type thing. And we've done a couple of these before. We've done one for Eddie Guerrero, which was, I think, the most recent one that was Patreon sponsored. There was one for China, and there was one for Shawn Michaels, if I remember correctly. Who do who did we decide on for Eddie? Was it Angel Garza? Uh, so Shawn, I'm pretty sure it was Kevin Owens. It was Kevin Owens that I remember. China, I think we might have gone Stephanie. I don't remember for sure about China, and Eddie. Angel Garza might might have been. It might have been Andrade. Or it might have been... Actually, it might have been AJ Styles. Huh. Well, that's a good one. I think that there might have been a split there. I think uh, Callum was AJ Styles and somebody else that's not in WWE or something. So his official yeah. pick was like... I think it might have been Naito. Oh, it was Naita. actually Jay White for me. Jay White. Jay White. Oh. Okay. Wow. That's a good one. I would like to see that. So I think it ended up being like... Uh, split decisions like that's come consensus here yeah like i think that rob i think you had picked somebody other than styles and i went with styles so it was sort of like if callum had to yeah like if callum had to have picked a wwe guy he would have gone with that and it would have been two on one or something i I think it was something along those lines if you want to know for sure you can go back and check out the episode everybody they are up there on the uh, podcast feeds and on the youtube channel Obviously, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then go on all those things. You should check us out. Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, blah, blah, blah. But obviously, the best thing you should do is to be hanging out on the YouTube channel. That only, that only, that not only helps out on watch time and all the other algorithm elements that nobody quite understands. Pretty sure Google and YouTube don't understand either, but that's where we kind of cater towards a little bit more. So if you are over on the YouTube channel right now, Double check that you're subscribed since that's been unsubscribing people here and there on YouTube. Ring that little notification bell. Hit that like button. Hit that applause button if you feel so inclined. Hit the join button as well if you want to take part in that because that is the the hit all the buttons, not the dislike button. The share button's good. The like button's good. The comment button, of course, hit that button. Tell us your thoughts on what you would like to see Undertaker do if he has one more match. The Patreon is the other side of the join button. So if you go over to patreon.com slash smartoutmoment, and as I mentioned before, the Eddie Guerrero episode was sponsored by Patreon as part of the Pick Your Poison tier. So if you really dig this and you really want us to do more of one more match, then hit up the uh, the Pick Your Poison tier and take advantage of that because you could request, you know, one more match for, uh, I don't know, uh, Hunky Tonk Man, Hulk Hogan, yeah, sure. whatever. Uh, one more match, Tito Santana. One more match, Vader. I don't know. Whatever it would be. Obviously, uh, it the idea just goes on if somebody could, in whatever fashion, wrestle again, even though if they're deceased or retired or injured or blah blah blah, then who would they go with? Or you know, maybe you want a part of something else. You want us to do Mount Rush, or you want us to do. Uh, more articles, more finisher versus finisher, belt or berry, healer face, whatever it might be. But a dollar and up is greatly appreciated. $10 and up gives you access to the Patreon exclusive dark cast episodes. Check out patreon.com slash moment. More plugs coming later on. I won't bog down the beginning of this too, too much. I think we should get started on this. What we usually do here is we usually just toss out a whole bunch of different ideas because obviously we don't just 
sort out what one person we have ahead of time and go, I think this one, that one, that one, the end of the podcast. <laughs> that wouldn't be a very good episode. So I'm going to look on my page on the uh, handy dandy WWE roster 2020 page on smartgunmoment.com. If you click onto the roster section, you can find that. And I've got loaded up here the entire roster of everybody that's in WWE today. I think we should just start spitting out some names. Who would be a good potential person? Not necessarily the one that you would pick, but somebody who you think could work well with Undertaker in some fashion. If, of course, he were to wrestle one more time. I'm going to start off with one that is at one of the tops of the list for me, just to get the ball rolling on something that's actually worth talking about. And alphabetically, one of the top ones, too, is AJ Styles, because I really don't like the idea of The Undertaker's last match being a cinematic match. And I don't mind the idea of him fighting the phenomenal one for his final match. Wouldn't be my go-to pick, but the Phenom versus a phenomenal one. I think it would have been better if it would have been in front of a crowd. Maybe not. Maybe the whole Boneyard match aesthetic fit better and kind of masked some of the problems, but it's just weird to me that somebody can go out on a vignette rather than uh, actually people cheering. I like it. I mean, I like AJ, but I would fundamentally steer away from any opponent The Undertaker has faced, especially at WrestleMania. Uh, I think that's fair, and I like AJ Styles. I think it's a shame that they never got to do the match when Taker was, you know, in better condition or, you know, when there was just people. Like, I'm sad that, you know, if you look at WrestleMania 32, for example, AJ had just come in. He had earned the trust of nobody yet, so they weren't kind of letting him run with big-time people, but if we could get AJ Undertaker instead of Taker Shane, you know, (laughs) that'd be kind of nice. I think it's one of those things where it's not like the match between AJ and Undertaker would be bad, but I just don't think if you were to put him one-on-one in the ring, it would be better than the Boneyard match. And that's kind of, would be a bit of a letdown for the Undertaker. It's like, okay, you did this one final match with AJ just to make up for the fact that you had a vignette last time and it wasn't as good as the vignette. That makes it seem a little bit worse yeah i mean i would trust aj styles more than most people on the roster to get a good match at undertaker at this point because i mean realistically like who's going to be better in the ring him or uh, i don't know uh just say bray wyatt no i actually wasn't thinking it bray wyatt i was leaning more towards maybe like elias or something liar The Bray Wyatt thing is interesting to talk about, though, because definitively not my pick. I think that he had his chance, didn't work. Uh, Bray Wyatt's overrated in the ring, as far as I'm concerned. But I can see the value in going with Bray Wyatt if they wanted to have somebody kind of, I guess, unceremoniously kill off the Undertaker character. Bray Wyatt's the closest thing to somebody who could pull that off. And they had their chance, and they flubbed it twice. And, like, I am fully content if they never... Mm. If Taker comes back for a match and they do Wyatt again, I'd be very disappointed. Me too. It's, it's not Wyatt, is it? It's the thing. Well, I mean, it's the same thing. I don't give it's a like, shit. It's the same guy, different, different <laughs> entities. It's a different character. It's like saying that um, 
uh, if he was to fight Drew McIntyre again, it's you'd like saying, oh, it's the same Drew McIntyre that you fought in 2009. It's not the same Drew McIntyre he fought in 2009. Yeah, but I mean, he would have to be uh, Firefly Funhouse, Bray Wyatt leading up to the match and then The Fiend during the match. Oh, yeah, of course. But that's that's kind of the way that every single Fiend match is booked nowadays. But I, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't want to see it because I don't think the match would be particularly good. But then again, I keep coming back to my mind of the idea of well, realistically, even with, if you put like one of the best workers, even like an AJ Styles, in the ring, ring with the Undertaker now, the match is probably not going to be very good. The only way I would accept a Fiend-Undertaker match is if the Fiend literally takes the soul out of the character and they do some kind of CGI where, like, that's it. Undertaker is now forever living inside of an urn kept by Bray Wyatt, the end. He becomes one of those like holograms in Star Wars, at the end of Star Wars or something yes. like that. Yeah. <laughs> he becomes a force ghost. <laughs> yeah. I'm just wondering who would be his replacement, though. Who would be the good side of that thing that he's like always giving advice to? Use the uh, dark side, Bray. <laughs> I mean, mate, yeah, maybe he's a force. Like, it's, again, it could add some sort of really convoluted story where the uh, sweater wearing Bray Wyatt is trying to escape the fiend. And so the Undertaker's there trying to help the. The sweater wire escapes from the fiend, and the fiend is the dark side of the force. I, I don't hate that. That's stupid as that sounds. It's not. It's, it's honestly, it's nowhere near beyond the realms of possibility, considering what they currently do with the fiend character. Yeah, so, I wouldn't mind it. You know what I feel really bad about? I was thinking of the line, "Ray, these are your first steps," and I'm like, "Why would I ever quote the sequel trilogy?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a bit of a faux pas, though. I saw a post on Facebook earlier, and then people were like, all right, time to debate. Original trilogy, prequel trilogy, or sequel trilogy. It's like, what debate is there? Originals, prequels, and then the other ones. It's, there's no debate. No, you seem to quite you seem to quite the most recent ones, Tony. So it's like... Well, maybe, like, yeah. You heard, it, you heard it here first, guys. The, um, the Last Jedi the was not that bad of a movie. <laughs> Right. The sequel trilogy is officially Tony Mango's favorite trilogy. The end. <laughs> the, uh, these are your first steps is back in the era where I went, no, no, no. Star Wars is okay. They didn't ruin it. it the next one's going to fix it. The next one's going to fix it, guys. The next one's going to fix it. And then two years later, I was like, the next one broke it. <laughs> okay. How sad it was that I, I had to like think really hard about what that name of that movie was. <laughs> that's, yeah. how, that's how far the sequels have been removed from my mind. I just like... The that yeah that's what it's called the last Jedi yeah that's it that's, mm. that's the one you hate awful anyway different discussion for a different day if you do want that discussion head on over to fanboysanonymous.com because you will find that kind of stuff over there that is the geek culture site where all the non-wrestling stuff unless it's kind of got a crossover like fighting with my family or something then uh, you'll find that stuff over there eventually we're going to be talking on either fanboys or on here probably on here like more so but uh, Chris Hemsworth. Working out for the whole Kogan part, getting all jacked up. Kind of a fun little crossover there. We're going to get a Hulk Hogan movie that is going to have Thor. Thor. So, yeah. Anyway, if you show your support over to fanboysanonymous.com and you want us to do more over there, you hit up the Patreon, you follow the Facebook and Twitter, you know, whatever it is. Uh, you know, if you want more, then we'll try to figure out a way to do more. I always, always, always want to do more fanboy stuff. But. Outside of the idea of us talking about uh, Obi-Wan, Undertaker kind of hybrid, there's this kind of an idea I want to bring up. And this 
maybe this will be like a good portion of this whole podcast, actually. Um, but I want to get into this because this is an, a topic that I think is applicable to Undertaker from the very start of his career all the way through even to now. Undertaker's the giant killer. And he's yeah. way past the point in his career where he would need to be the giant killer because you know, we, back in the day, Undertaker was in his prime. You would set up a big super heavyweight or, you know, nine foot tall dude or whatever to be the person who it's like nobody can beat them except for essentially Hulk Hogan or The Undertaker. And then eventually it was John Cena or The Undertaker. And we got some giant people on this roster right now, but I would say kind of definitively Undertaker's final match should not be slaying a dragon. You shouldn't have him beat like no, you, but he you, can pass the torch to Keith Lee. Well, I was going to say, you shouldn't build up like a Dabakato and have him beat uh, Dabakato because it's like, well, what's that good? That, is that going to do for a Dabakato? Braun Strowman had some interactions with The Undertaker, but they never really had like a true feud or anything. And at this point, Braun Strowman doesn't need that kind of a uh, setup where it wouldn't do Braun Strowman any good to just lose to The Undertaker. There's only a couple people that are on that super heavyweight monster kind of level that I would feel like we missed out on. And of course, it'd be better if The Undertaker was in his prime and all that. Keith Lee's one of them. But that I can't see happening either because Keith Lee would have to be the babyface. Undertaker would have to be the heel. I don't want to heel Keith Lee. Doesn't work. Ah, Keith Lee's just a babyface to me. I like the guy too much. Especially now that he's got a new his uh, new theme. I think, like, if I could take any era of Undertaker ever, if I could get like 2008 Undertaker against Keith Lee right now, it'd be very good. Oh, the match but, would be great. Yeah, but I wouldn't put that as my uh, my final Undertaker thing. Well, it depends on how good Keith Lee can bring it. You know, like if it gets the job done and Undertaker can successfully pass the torch. To somebody, I wouldn't mind it. But but considering how Keith Lee is booked on the main roster, then that match has got to end in the DQ. Well, but we're talking about a fantasy here, guys. Can we just like, <laughs> can we not interject the stupidity of the main roster logic? Now somebody's going to interrupt and go, "Well, then by that rationale, Grand Metalik is the best option." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's uh, Keith Lee's a good like super heavyweight choice. Another still like powerhouse that maybe he could go against is Bobby Lashley. Lashley is probably outside of the the main champions, the most protected guy on the roster. So it's not it's not unfathomable to him to face the Undertaker and be like, okay, this is the because I could realistically see someone like Bobby Lashley being the one to put Undertaker in the ground, so to speak. I'm surprised they never did it. Like well, they already ever, did it with Lesnar. Well, not, I mean, like, that match, ever. Well, he was a babyface at the time. They probably thought they had more time, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but um, uh, it's not one I would go with. There's other names that I was considering. Um, before they completely ruined him, Alistair Black would have been an interesting choice. I thought about that one, and then I just said, I can't, in all good conscience, say, yeah, I want to see him fight the Undertaker right now. Same for me when it comes to Finn Balor. I know that people want Demon Balor against Undertaker, but to me, the Demon thing, it just isn't a thing. Like, he puts on the makeup. He has 
virtually the same entrance. It's just that he crawls a little bit, but it's the same, like, you know, the, um, the lights and whatever. And then the bell rings and he wrestles the exact same match. He never does anything different. So to me, you might as well just have regular Finn Balor and it's not worth it. He's not like cutting promos like a demon. He's not wrestling like how Bray Wyatt, for instance, does that like weird crab spidery thing. Like if he were to be doing things like that, then I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe the demon thing will be good. But then it's just going to be Finn Balor and makeup. Screw it. That's not good enough. Um, I maintain that we missed out on opportunity on Undertaker versus Sheamus at WrestleMania. I wouldn't put him as the final person, especially now at this point in his career, but that should have happened. You know what, though? It's kind of like Punk. When Punk fought Taker, he was coming off of the back of those two matches each with Sean and Hunter, and it was just like, my God, anybody who fights this guy is going to seem like a downgrade because you just saw like these four matches that all told the perfect story. And maybe that would have been a good place to put Sheamus in there, but I really feel like the window for Sheamus expired because he was so wrapped up with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. I think Sheamus, if he would have gotten in there after the Triple H thing, it would have worked. I just don't think that match would have been... It doesn't strike me as particularly special, honestly. I just don't think that... It's not that they wouldn't work together. I don't think the match would be good. It would just be... It'd be a footnote in his history, essentially. So if you were right. to have that match, it's one of the WrestleMania things it would just be, okay, it's like the same as when he fought King Kong Bundy or Mark Henry or something. It's just like, okay, that match happened. Let's move on. True. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying, where it's like with CM Punk, and even, I'll be real, even with the Brock Lesnar match up until the finish, I just thought, okay, it's just another match on the streak. Instead of it being like, can Sheamus break the streak? You know, I, that... I thought- I gotta disagree with the punk one. The punk one, I think, was is still unequivocally one of his his greatest WrestleMania matches. I think like, it's I a think, good I think, match. I think punk the got the last great the last great match out of the Undertaker. Punk got out of him. So I'd agree with that. But again, I'm talking like that. We didn't expect him to lose it at all. No, you yeah. didn't expect him to lose the match. Yeah, I, I get yeah. where you're coming from in that. And then, of course, um, when Brock won, that it threw everything off because then you're like, oh, now it doesn't matter. He could lose, whatever. Yeah. I mean, one of the people that I listed down just because I thought this would be an interesting match to see. I know they would never, ever do it, but I'd be quite interested in seeing Undertaker versus Cesaro. Oh, that'd be so good. See, I think... I don't know if you guys are approaching this the same way that I am. I'm almost definitively approaching this as, okay, if it was one more match, it happens at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And a Cesaro thing would be great to watch, but I feel like that would be like a backlash. Or something. Yeah, like, I understand. I'd still like to see it. Yeah, I'd still, you know, if you could take Undertaker back in time, put him in the 2007 shoes or something, that'd be amazing. He'd be able to pull off some great stuff there with uh, Cesaro because Cesaro is deceptively strong. He's able to work speed with power. Undertaker, he had speed and power too. So they, they could have worked really well together. I agree. Another name that I think I feel really disappointed that we never got is Samoa Joe. Yeah. Talk about that, like, 2008 period. If Samoa Joe could have just come to WWE and had a match with The Undertaker, would have been 
a really, really good match. Like I'm talking Joe right off the back of his stuff with Angle coming to WWE. That would have been a great, great wrestling match. Yeah, it would have been incredibly violent. I think Joe mixing it up with the Undertaker's Samoa Joe, somebody that you could very easily see beating the Undertaker at that sort of stage, and then Undertaker coming back eventually. But it's one of those guys that obviously WWE wasn't looking at at the time because he was fat. Yeah, and he seemingly didn't didn't like that at that point. <laughs> That's so pathetic. Like, uh, oh, we got a great guy here. Yeah, but he's fat. The end. Because you know, if he would have joined WWE, they never would have put him in with the Undertaker because he would have been a mid carder immediately. So, but it would it would have been a good match to see. Uh, we we've seen this match. But I did. I think it's a damn shame that of all the people in the world, John Cena at his peak never got an Undertaker match. It's really a shame that they never had the streak alive with John Cena fighting Undertaker. That would have been such a good sell because everybody would have been like, it's John Cena. Of course he's going to beat the streak. And then I wouldn't have had him do it, but like that would have been a great, like, Oh, fuck John Cena. He's going to be the one that beats the streak. No, we got to watch Undertaker beat his ass, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's one of, those, one of those things with the Cena situation. Yeah, that would have been a really good choice. In the same vein that this Roman Reigns would be mm. a far better choice than the Roman Reigns they ended up choosing to fight the Undertaker and beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. See, I'd actually argue that that might not necessarily be the case, though. I think that maybe beating Undertaker allows him to be the tribal chief because he so. can, he can like be that. like i've won the championship a bunch of times i've won everything i i won the royal rumble i won uh every title at this point i think right except for like the cruiserweight obviously or the women's tag Pretty or much. something but i got all the belts i beat the undertaker at wrestlemania i'm the guy of course i'm the tribal chief and then you go fuck he's right you know i guess so it, but I think it might have maybe that, been a good way to transition him to the tribal chief. Like, I mean, that promo afterward where he just said, it's my yard now. Brilliant. Again, one of the biggest issues with the Undertaker post streak was they never followed up on anything. Like they had cool stuff, even the stuff with Lesnar, where he like kicked him in the dick and kind of was like, yeah, I got out of here. I'm kind of a bad guy now and they just did nothing with it like okay they're gonna fight in hell in a cell whatever a lot of the undertaker's mystique really went out the door with that streak and it's such a shame i think a lot of it went out with the uh the triple h feud too like that end of the era type stuff i think that kind of lampshaded the whole nah he's wrapping things up and he's just mark kind of I, I disagree. Like, I never got the he's just Mark feeling until this year. This year was bad. <laughs> I mean, this year really pounded you over the head with it. <laughs> For that matter, too, you know, this is worth a discussion point. If we're approaching this as who's the gra- uh, greatest opponent for Undertaker, how are you approaching what Undertaker is? I am full-blown Undertaker to me is Undertaker, not American Badass. So that's oh, one yeah. of the reasons why yeah, I'm yeah. upset about the Boneyard match, because I'm like, that was that was Biker Taker. That's the reason I stopped watching wrestling. I don't want his final match to be Biker Taker. I don't want Mark to wrestle. I want The Undertaker to wrestle. I want him to, you know, fade away in a lightning bolt or, like, 
uh, you know, to ascend to the heavens and do some kind of like, that's my Undertaker. So to me, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to see Dominic Dijakovic, not T-Bar, against Undertaker, but it would be Undertaker, not American Badass, you know? Well, no, that's the way I'm seeing it, too. And that's why I, one of the people who's really high up on my list is Karrion Cross. Ooh, I didn't think about Karrion Cross. Because that, he's got that energy and that aura about him, even in the short time that we had him, you know, before he got injured. He's got that energy. I think Taker could have a decent story with him. And... That's another, again, pass the torch. Because at this point, you're doing one of two things. You're either passing the torch legitimately or you're letting him fight Kane. You know, <laughs> and or like having some kind of a another legend farewell kind of thing with Hunter. And I don't need to see that again. If it were to be Kane, they would both need to go out. They'd have to be like, the match ends with the two of them fading away or whatever. Yeah. In some it's fashion. Match and they both yeah, you know. And like, no, no, I think the perfect thing would be like just the ring just opens up, and while they're just fighting each other, just throwing strikes at each other, they just fall into the ring, and then the <laughs> ring catches fire. Yeah, yeah, you know, something like that, where it's like, okay, it doesn't matter that there's a non-finish. The two of them have been swallowed up in the depths of hell or whatever, and then they're gone. You know, that would be a great way to end it. And then, of course, the two days later, it's like, uh, what did Mayor Jacobs say about what I heard? He's just exactly. Like, <laughs> and that throws it all off. And Undertaker does some podcast or whatever, and he's just like, hey, I thought it was going to be Eggman. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe he fights Galvin Gooker. And it's, uh, you know, the 30-year career you build up to that point. <laughs> uh, um, it would be excellent. Damn it, Tony. <laughs> Does anybody have any desire to see him fight Brock Lesnar? Nope. No, again. Okay. Just, just had to ask. <laughs> I'd rather him fight Omos. <laughs> yeah. I I really wouldn't. I mean, you talk about giant giant killer. Like, I think we're good on the Undertaker versus really tall guy. He is the, the tallest guy, even taller than Babatunde, I think. Oh, he is big. Yeah, that's that's saying a lot. What what do we think about Drew McIntyre as a potential opponent? Uh, he's fighting for it. I'll tell you that much. Every interview he does, he's like, I want this match. <laughs> Drew is uh, Drew's an interesting case because he's at a point now where he's a two-time WWE champion, one of the bigger guys on the roster, athletic enough that he's not big where it hinders his ability, and he wrestles a style that's not necessarily like a power game, but not necessarily like a technical game. He's kind of all over the the place and McIntyre now looks the best he's ever looked in his career. And if anybody was going to fight the undertaker, as far as like McIntyre's career, it's the now version of, of uh, Drew McIntyre. I don't know if I'd pick him over maybe another couple of other people, but he would be in that, in that running. It was do have in mind in Tony. Honestly, one of the people I've been dancing around my pick for ages. But. One of the people that I'm really considering as one of the possible top options. It sounds weird, especially now, but Randy Orton. Oh, oh God. There is a part. <laughs> there's a part of me that goes, "What could you do as a legend killer better than killing off the Undertaker?" 
I should have I, done it in 2005. That's where uh, it gets a little dicey because, I mean, if he would have been the one to beat the streak back then or, you know, however many years ago or so, it would make more sense than now. But, it, like, Randy Orton's been doing some great stuff this year. And I'm like, you know, I, I entertained that idea that he could have potentially done something with The Undertaker at Survivor Series a few weeks ago. And I'm glad that it didn't happen. But uh, it did kind of cross my mind about, like, Randy Orton's one of those guys that, like, if you're going to put some kind of big honor on, I'd be okay with it. I held on to hope at Survivor Series. I'm like, okay, Orton lost the belt. He's not booked. Waiting, waiting. And we didn't get it. And I agree in the, the sense that he's done a lot of good things this year. But it's also happened. And while it hasn't happened for a while... I don't know if at this point Randy Orton needs the extra honor. No, uh, he I doesn't. Feel, I just feel like the reaction to that, if you were to say the Undertaker's final match ever is going to be against Randy Orton, like just the air will just escape out of everybody in the <laughs> room, essentially. It's just like, yeah, Randy's great and Randy can do some good stuff with the Undertaker and there is an inbuilt story there, but it's just a case of. Can't we have someone new or something different then? If this is going to be Undertaker's last match, why do we have to see a retread of something that we saw in 2005, in 2006, in 2009, in 2010, whatever? It's just like, yeah, we we don't need to see another match between him and Randy Orton. You want to hear the no. argument that uh, that I would pitch to you to make you go, oh, wow, I really want to see Randy Orton? That's very unlikely, but go ahead. <laughs> well, you got that or King Corbin? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. If, I mean, if those are the two choices, if those are the two choices, I would shoot Undertaker in the head. <laughs> Imagine that being the case, though. Like, I, I'm unapologetically a fan of King Corbin. I know that Callum is very much against that, but like, imagine if like Undertaker has one more match and they go, "It's King Corbin. He's gonna retire him and Kurt Angle," and it's just like that becomes Corbin's gimmick as everybody's last matches with him. Callum be like, "Oh God damn it, fuck this company." Corbin never got off the ground with the lone wolf stuff and he got off the ground doing a lot of like cheeky almost comedy based things and that's why I wouldn't want to see Corbin do it. There was a time where I was like a huge fan of Corbin and I felt like oh he could be something special but I really think they leaned way too heavy into the cheekiness of his character. Um, Not this version but if we go back to the way he was maybe five years ago I'd like to see Kevin Owens against the Undertaker. Uh, Kevin Owens from back during the era where he could have been able to kind of reach that status, he would have been one of my top picks. Owens is somebody who I always think is underrated and overlooked and should be a bigger deal and everything. And that would have been the case. Now, I feel like I it wouldn't work for me. Still a huge That's fan of Owens. I mean, uh, I still think he needs to get a, a bump up, but... The, ma- the match would be good, and Kevin Owens would get a lot out of The Undertaker in terms of mic work and his build-up towards it, but he's just not prominently featured enough to make it seem like it's a worthwhile match. Do you guys have any interest in seeing Daniel Bryan? Again, it would be good. Daniel Bryan is one of the best wrestlers in the world so again if it's someone who's going to try and get a tune out of the undertaker and have as good a match as possible and who would bump like crazy for him then yeah daniel bryan is a, is a very good pick but probably not i mean i'd like to see it but it would be more so on another pay-per-view i'd rather that be more like 
a SummerSlam match or something. Now, we've been talking for a while, and Callum said he's been dancing around his picks. I'm, I'm very curious. Who do you think on this roster should have that honor? Make the case for Riddick Moss. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is why Steve Cutler notes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, my one million percent choice is Walter. Oh, my God. Yeah. Totally not Walter. getting a second pick from me on that one. But, but like, hold on. Let's just picture this match for a second. See, Walter. the thing about Walter, I think, that makes him perfect for this is the fact that he is a, a giant. He is somebody that can stand physically against The Undertaker, has that has those proportions of, like, basically being somebody who was the giant that Undertaker was slaying left and right. But this is the guy that he can't kill. And he's a guy who has potential going forward as being, like, a major breakout star for the company if they want to position him correctly by having him just demolish The Undertaker. And the best thing about Walter, I think, from an actual just in-ring perspective, is the fact that he doesn't do anything flashy or over the top. He just beats the shit out of people. And I know, obviously, putting the Undertaker... But he always beats them up in a way where he hits them hard in safe places. And I think Undertaker can basically follow Sue and you can have a really good brawl between the two of them. And so it doesn't mean that I mean Undertaker can just in his limited state do just a load of punches, kicks, beating around the ring, all that other stuff. Walter can do pretty much the same thing so it doesn't look like Undertaker's been out overshadowed or outmatched completely. But then he gets the victory and I think Walter is a guy on the roster pretty much more than anybody that could has the legitimacy to beat the Undertaker and could really carry that momentum into being a major, major star in the company. So my only issue would be, obviously, I guess for the, you're pitching this in a world where like Walter has agreed to move mm. to the States and be a big star in the States. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Because that's the one thing that I think is preventing him. But Walter is a good choice. And it's somebody Undertaker hasn't fought. It's It's somebody, you know, who could probably have a good stand-up fight with The Undertaker and maybe even get up for a tombstone because that's a big thing. Like, if you're going to fight The Undertaker, you need to be able to get up for his stuff or, like, lose to something because I forget who it was. Goldberg, he beat with the chokeslam. Yeah. It was just like, oh, really but that was there. also partially the, like, concussion thing. But then again, yeah, that Goldberg happened because him. of the... Yeah. Because Goldberg dropped him on his neck. Like, you know, I want to see The Undertaker tombstone somebody. And I think he could probably maybe get Walter up for that. See, I think I, like I think he'd struggle with Walter. And Walter is great for a lot of hard-hitting, brutal-type matches. Like that match with uh, Ilya Dragunov, you know, Great match. Beat the shit out of each other. And I don't think that that's Undertaker's bread and butter. Because I I don't know. I wouldn't want to watch Undertaker's last match be a lot of like, wow, he chopped the hell out of him. Kind of. You might be surprised. It might hit you in a way that you're like, oh, I like this. Like, this was a hard-hitting Undertaker match. Plus, I just don't. I'm sensing that you have a pick in mind that you would like to. Uh, essentially promote for me, so Rob. You pick Tony? No, oh, Tony. I think Tony. I think because like you said, that you're not going to give Walter a second choice. Have you mentioned the person that you want to go with? 
I really actually don't have a solid pick. Wow, that's underwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not like going to be like, you know, it's Dominic Mysterio because of these reasons. Like, I don't want Lars Sullivan to have that kind of thing. I don't think that uh, yeah, Adam Cole is the best person for the job, even though like they could potentially have a good match. Like, part of me was thinking Tommaso Ciampa could be a good one, but nah, not really. Like, there really isn't anybody that stands out to me, except for if we're kind of being a little bit... Uh, you know, messing around with some things here. I would uh, uh, sting. Maybe he's not a part of the roster because it doesn't really count. You know, but it's I like this would be the one discussion that I could get away with not having to discuss Undertaker versus Sting. So now I want to. You know what? I want to flip this. Last potential best match for Undertaker if it's like. Ministry of Darkness 99 Taker. Sure. Like Sting versus Taker in that era, if you could get a time machine and go back to 1998, just put them in a ring, it'd be fantastic. But I don't even think that there's a cinematic match or a cinematic reason yeah. that you can put these two men in, in the same arena, even if it's a graveyard. I don't think that there's any chance at all that it would ever happen. I think Undertaker's done, by the way, anyway. But, like, mm. it seems like he almost adamantly doesn't want to have that match with Sting. Something weird is about no, him. Sting, every time Sting, he... Yeah, Sting doesn't want to have that match either because he knows that they're, they're done, essentially. Well, just well Sting was like, can I please just, like, stand in a ring with him at least to get the picture and get the moment? And Undertaker's like... No. It'd be cool. He's like, it'd be cool, but, like... Do you really want to fucking see these two old guys ha- have a match that you know we can't have? Like that—that's his take on it, and I like that. He's very honest about it. Um, of the names that I have mentioned, I really like the idea of carrying cross, and I think that that would be my top pick for one more match, Undertaker. I could be persuaded for, I mean, if we toss out the whole Sting thing, because obviously he's not on the roster, so it doesn't really even count. Um, and Samoa Joe is just a commentator, and he's past his whole prime to be able to do that differently. That's depressing. Uh, I think my top choices would be either maybe Drew, maybe Karrion Cross. I don't know. I just I kind of feel like this is one of those uh, circumstances where I would almost opt for either it doesn't happen or you do the whole Kane scenario that we were talking about where it's just like, all right, yeah, it's just the two of you go out. Like maybe I'd lean more towards Kane. I'm okay with a one-on-one match with Kane, just because I think that they are the one exception. To all this sports entertainment bullshit. Like, you put those two in their own ring, in their own universe, and it just works. They can strike lightning at each other, and you're like, yeah, I totally see this as a realistic scenario. And that's one of the reasons why the Bray Wyatt stuff from five years ago was so depressing to me, because you finally got the guy who could do all of the, you know, supernatural and you just crapped all over it you know and obviously he's had great things with triple h i don't need to see that match ever again no i mean 
we're getting so close to it with Hunter now where it's like, well, we might have to start talking about one more match, Triple H. But Hunter still has a little bit more pep in his step, but that doesn't mean I want to see him try to drag a match out of The Undertaker again. So, good. Oh, God. No, I, I was just going to say, I and mean, like, when you really look at it, all things considered, I love Callum's Walter pick or my carrying cross because at this point, if he's going to have one more match, you need to give the torch to somebody. So, if you <laughs> couldn't pick Walter, who do you think would be your other choice, Callum? Drew, probably. Drew McIntyre. If it's WWE side of things, obviously. I mean, I did a bit of searching around the other rosters worldwide. There's not really seemingly a good fit. Suzuki. Suzuki is was one of the immediate ones that came to mind. Like, Nora Suzuki and Undertaker would just... I mean, there would be a fatality in the ring at some point between <laughs> those two. Um, I, I, I sometimes toyed with the idea of evil just because he looks like a knockoff Undertaker in certain regards. But, but I looked past that one. If looking at the AEW side of things, the one that made the most sense to me was Lance Archer. Uh, everybody does. Yeah, so that, that seems to fit really well. You can tell a good story about the everybody dies and the Undertaker says, yeah, I know, I'm the Undertaker. Of course, I know <laughs> that everyone dies. But um, out, outside of that, like, unless you want to be really stupid and give it to PCO. Oh, fuck PCO, man. Like, <laughs> fuck that whole thing. Like, Who's PCO? Uh, Jean Pierre Lafitte, Tony. <laughs> he's still wrestling. Yeah, he's. he's it, I mean, uh, last year he was, he was on the world champion. champion. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a lot different now. If you if you looked at him, you you wouldn't be able to recognize him as the um. He basically as, uh, you know, one part of the Quebecers. Yeah, to be um, honest, I wouldn't be able to recognize Jean Pierre Lafitte in any fashion. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he's not like uh, you know. But but in terms of like if we are sticking purely to the WWE side of things, my my top picks were obviously then probably Drew McIntyre and then underneath that probably Carrying Cross. Hmm. If we came to a consensus thing, I mean it seems like those three are the ones that we've talked the most about. I'd probably rank them Carrying Cross, Drew McIntyre, or Walter. I think I think Karrion's the one that we've got the most like sense of agreement on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't seen too much of him in NXT. He only wrestled a no, few no, times no. and he got injured. But yeah. that's my slight hesitation with the whole match type thing because I think the gimmick fits it perfectly. I just haven't seen enough good stuff from him in the ring, at least in a WWE context, to make me feel like that match would be any good. I'll admit that I'm in a place in my fandom right now where I'm like. Yeah, but everybody has a good match. Can you give me a good story? Like, can you mm. can you just convince me that, like, you hate this guy that you're about to fight? You know, like, I, I've seen a lot of just, well, this was good. I've been watching a lot of Impact. Impact has good wrestling. It doesn't mean that it's, like, captivating. Yeah. I mean, how many times can you see somebody do a suicide dive? Uh, if it's The Undertaker, I'd watch it at least one more time. <laughs> So I guess maybe the consensus would would be carrying cross out of that. I'll yeah, I think so. I'd be okay with that. All yeah. right, an interesting story. You get a fall and pray, and it'll be like, no, fuck you, I'm the Undertaker. I don't pray. 
<laughs> and you could have uh, uh, Scarlet on one side of the ring and no, Kane no. on the other one. That's right. <laughs> you, you say are you, Kane you, you and say Michelle. Michelle McCool. Oh, uh, God, no. Come on. I was going to mention Michelle McCool like that? No. <laughs> no, no. But you go really old school and you put um, Scarlet Buddha on one side and Sarah on the other side. Oh. No, you go even more old school. You go Scarlet on one side and Bruce Pritchard on the other oh, side. <laughs> <laughs> he does love you. Uh, so I think that that's that's a good enough um, consensus. I think that maybe there's other discussions to have at other types of times. Obviously, we talked many times uh, throughout this about it's a shame we can't go back in time and take like Prime Undertaker and that it would change a lot of things up around. But uh, you know, you're working with what you're working with here, and for the matter of whether or not these things could happen, I don't think that they are. I think Undertaker actually is totally done. I think if anything, Undertaker pops up once in a while just to choke slam somebody and be like, hey, it's kind of neat. Undertaker popped up on this anniversary edition or something. Well, now that you mentioned you're working with what you're working with here, real quick, if I say worst Undertaker match ever, what comes to your mind? Crown Jewel. Which one? What do you think? Which one? The Goldberg one, obviously. Well, that was Super Showdown. Oh, it was Super Showdown. Yeah. Which one are you talking about? You talk about the tag team match. Yeah. The tag team match is not the worst. But the Goldberg one, too. I mean, it's like, uh, which meal do you want to eat? Kind of (laughs) like, they're both horrendous. Goldberg. Goldberg was the bitter end of, like, okay, you cannot do this anymore. Stop. I'd, I'd I'd go um if you're looking at a bit more of just like because those ones are a bit like out of there really because they're just for the Saudi money and stuff like that so it doesn't actually really matter how That's good true. or bad the matches are. So if you're looking at ones within like the context of how bad Undertake how bad a, ma- a match Undertake can have, it's probably that tag team match with Chronic from oh from that from not... uh, Unforgiven or whatever it was. You know I'll throw this out there. No way out of five. Luther Reigns, not a fucking like. For Undertaker in his peak, which is not a good match. No, what? You mean he didn't have a good match with Luther Reigns? <laughs> hey, well, I'm just saying, like, that was at a point where I'm sure they're like, well, put him in there with Mark. Mark can get a good match with anybody. Nope. Not happening. <laughs> yeah, I've never saw him, uh, seen that match, but not going to go out of my way to watch it. Um, I mean, there's also I mean, you like, throw the giant Godzilla's one out there as well. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the Mabel matches are not good. Uh, the Mabel matches with everyone aren't good. <laughs> yeah, we're worth mentioning again. You can't get a good match out of Mark. You're not long for this world. The uh, the best case scenario, of course, you go back in time. You do all this kind of stuff. We don't have that ability, unfortunately. If we did, so many things would be better in this world. But if this were to happen, if the limits were just the roster now. I think Karrion Cross is a good person to kind of pass that torch to, and he doesn't have that sort of gimmick that would be all supernatural in some ways, but it's it's a it's a hybrid. Yeah, and I, I think he's got a lot going for him. Well, I think that that kind of wraps it up, unless we have anything else that we can talk about. I think I'm good. Um, my favorite Undertaker is Purple Gloves. Paul Bearer, Earn, you know? Just throw that out there, I guess, to wrap it all up, you know? 
Undertaker's career is done. That was hard for me on Sunday, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, if it takes the pandemic to end this career, well, then let's just take it. Uh, for that matter, yeah. too, my Undertaker, in my ideal scenario, he's not wearing a singlet and boxing gloves. <laughs> he's wearing, like, maybe not necessarily maybe the, the purple. Gear. Yeah, maybe the 97. Ministry like of Darkness type gloves. of stuff or whatever, like, yeah, that kind of thing. Some kind of a stylized gothic attire. Definitely has the, the hat, you know, all that gimmick. But uh, the, the boxing gloves, I'd go away with that. I'd go with more traditional gloves. Even if it's just plain black gloves. I'd like it more than where it's got, I don't know, whatever they have on the side of the things, like a Fight Pro something or whatever. I'm sure somebody's like, it's clearly says, well, I don't know what the hell he says. I'm looking at Undertaker's face and trying not to pay attention to the fact that he's got boxing gloves on. <laughs> what would your uh, your Undertaker be to wrap that up, uh, Callum? Uh, the, the one from like 2006 onwards, really. So like just... the way he looks now, just in a lot better shape. Yeah, essentially, because that was the Undertaker that I was the most familiar with and the one that I think produced the best matches of his career. So I think that that look and because it has the mixture of the fact that it still has the macabre elements that you want to see really with the entrance and all that other stuff. But then he's actually got an outfit on which he can work really well in. And it has in terms of like his look and his just overall appearance, just like, OK, this is the legend Undertaker. This isn't just like the Undertaker coming up. This is the legend who does sell and does do other stuff in the ring as well, rather than just standing there and taking punches and feigning selling occasionally, but otherwise just like just standing there. That's kind of what I associate with like the new generation Undertaker. Maybe that's unfair because I don't really go back and watch that stuff too often, but I would definitely go with the um, the one that was producing far better matches than basically any other point of his career. I think very realistically, if you asked me to name the top 10 Undertaker matches, they would all probably come yeah. from like 2007 to 2012. So that says a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty definitive. That's the best working taker is around that time. I mean, best match of all time. I don't know if he won uh, the poll. Now I'm thinking about it. I know the two finalists were the two Shawn Michaels matches. 25 to me is better than 26. Yeah, 25 is the best one. I don't know why people would be going for the 26 one. It was like the opposite but, side of the bracket, so I'm hoping 25 Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I understand that sort of thing. Just like, I just feel like, well, 26 is just pretty much the same as 2004, uh, the, the uh, 25 one, just not as good. Yeah. So I would have thought, like, surely you could go with something a little bit different, like a little, little bit more original, like Hell in a Cell, even though that is with Shawn Michaels, but it's a very different stage of the, their careers. I think that that was on the same side of the bracket. If I remember mm -hmm. correctly, so it might have been like um, at least one more match they could have there. It might have been like the triple one of the Triple H matches was on the opposite side or something. I forget. Oh, twenty eight WrestleMania twenty eight. Well, at least that would have been different. Yeah. So, uh, whether you agree, you disagree. Obviously, we want to know what you have to say. Drop a comment below. Tell us your thoughts on what you think one more match Undertaker should head towards, whether it's a Karrion Cross situation or. You really want to make the case that Chad Gable's the guy or something, whatever it might be. I don't know. Then uh, tell us, you know, uh, one more plug that I got to say that I've totally forgot about earlier is uh, actually two more plugs. Oh, look at that. There is the Champs Giving tournament going on right now. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Maybe you're listening to this on another day and tomorrow isn't Thanksgiving, but hey, you know, you can pretend. But 
as far as us recording, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, so hopefully everybody is safe. Uh, if you celebrate that, if you do, stay home. Don't go over to people's houses and everything. But what you should do, whether you're home or anywhere that you are, even if you're in a different country and you don't celebrate it, is you should celebrate Champsgiving and you should vote on who you think should win the tournament because that shuts off either on Friday or Saturday. Haven't quite decided still yet if we're going to do that as part of the hot tags or a separate video. But we've got Owen Hart and Wade Barrett. Which one is more deserving of having should have won a WWE World Championship? And we will talk about that either one of those two podcasts coming up because that's the next sort of things you should be paying attention to. Uh, there's also the merchandise shops. Right now, we've got sales going on on Redbubble and Public for Smart Guy Moment, A Mango Tees, and Fanboys Anonymous. So if you want to browse those designs and pick up whatever type of product that you can slap those designs on, go ahead and check them out over there. And not only do we have these things for these Champs Giving podcasts and the hot tags and so on and so forth coming your way, but we also have another edition of the Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast. What is scheduled for this week, Callum? So on this edition of the uh, Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast for this upcoming Saturday, it is just some more build up towards Armageddon, even though there isn't really that much build at this point in time. It's all about the will Brock Lesnar be suspended? Will he not be suspended? Uh, for attacking the Big Show the previous week. Big Show faces someone in the main event that you could not possibly predict for the WWE Championship. There's a tag team title match. There's a cruiserweight title match. There's a lot of championship action on this edition of SmackDown that we'll be reviewing, me, myself and Rob. So make sure you check out that one. Uh, other than that, you can check out all the great stuff on smartcutmoment.com, including the power rankings, my weekly contribution, and follow the Fantasy League and all that other great stuff. And check me out on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Yeah, uh, Spark Out Moment's got some great stuff. Uh, Dallas is always working great with the Triple Threat, and you should all check all that stuff out because it's not just us, even though we are the prime voices you hear. There's a whole great team behind us. Uh, as for me, I'll be working with Fightful and WrestleZone all week long, as I always do, so check out all the great stuff over there. And... Follow me on Twitter at Dude Felice. Follow me all over the place here in the different avenues I've talked to you about and also under A Mango Tree and Tony Mango. And check out the stuff I got on eWrestling News and Bleacher Report. I've got either it posted earlier today or it's tomorrow. I'm forgetting at least track of everything, but there's some um, overused gimmicks that WWE and AEW need to really stop doing is one of them. Actually, I think that that was earlier today. So that's me complaining about things like uh, why does... Practically every match end in a DQ or interference. Why does AEW feel the need to just have super kicks and uh, suicide dives and constantly every single match? So on and so forth like that. And there's also going to be one for tomorrow of looking on the positive side of things because it's Thanksgiving. So let's give thanks to some of the good things that are happening right now in WWE, like the Tribal Chief or the fact that Drew McIntyre won his title back and so on and so forth. So plenty of things happening, plenty of things to check out. Lots of stuff for you to busy yourselves with. And if you just can't get enough of it, head up that Patreon and make sure that we give you more. But at least for this edition, that is it. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time, everybody. But for now, this has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out.